Hey everyone, welcome back to Deeper with the Dolan Twins. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Dolan. And I'm Ethan Dolan. And thank you to Macy's for sponsoring this episode of Deeper with the Dolan Twins, where we have a conversation about a pretty serious subject with Kara and Anne-Marie, who know a great deal about it and have been doing so, so much to help those in need and destigmatize something that we all need to talk more about in our society because we can all help each other. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Kara, when I was listening to your video, Adele was showing me, um, of you talking about how Empower came about, and mm-hmm. it came about kind of like in a dream, and I want to get into yeah. that later. Yeah. Um, to me, the, the first thing that sparked in my mind was like, oh my God, that totally feels like a sign. Really? Yeah. Um, because it just like, it happened so yeah. naturally, but like unnaturally. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering, has there anything... Have you guys experienced anything that felt like a true sign from one of your from your mother that oh. led you to, or just undeniable sign? Yeah, yeah a thousand as a, percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you serious? Do you have any like stories? Every day, like, like in really? five How minutes, it will probably happen. Like, yeah. wow. like constant signs. My whole life. Yeah. Do you have any that yeah. were just like? I can tell you. You know, when I was nine, when my mom died and my brother was 13, and I think when you're that young, you do those things where you're like, come on, mom, like, if you're really here, mm-hmm. now give me a sign. And so I don't have that. What what I can tell you is there are no coincidences. And my life has been set up by my mom. Like, I have some, I have no explanation for a lot of really interesting, beautiful things that happened either I was in the right place and right time to meet the right person, mm-hmm. you know? And I think about that even my husband, like yeah. he's my person and we had a thousand reasons why it wasn't going to work out and why we wouldn't get married and have mm-hmm. children, you know? Um, and then all those milestones, like I, I want to say this to you because we've heard this a lot, you know, it's sad to have a milestone come up and have your dad not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we've heard this from every girl and empower her almost wants to put off that milestone. Like mm-hmm. even like mm-hmm. fail out of school so that high school graduation doesn't come and she mm-hmm. misses it. It's like some of these really interesting, sad ways that, you know, people deal with their grief. But if I would say like, you have to believe your dad's here, like your dad's watching it. He knows it mm-hmm. because I felt like that. And in those milestones, like, you know, my college graduation or my wedding day or the day my son Murphy was born. Mm. I'm like, my mom didn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. Like she was right there. That's how I have to think about it. And because I really can't explain some certain experiences in my life that other than I think she had her hand in that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it is what you believe. It's not religious, you know, but it is how you choose to look at, you know, when people when people pass away mm-hmm. um so yeah so i've i've countless experiences yeah, yeah. emory are there any that stand out to you yeah and i agree with kara i feel like when you're younger you know you go th- i lost my mom when i was 10 and you're going through these hardships and like all you want is these signs mm-hmm. and it doesn't always work like that mm-hmm. i mean i think that things happen for a reason it's really hard and sometimes like a beautiful thing looking back to now thinking that this was such an awful terrible situation for my family and at that time I mean we never talked about loss no mm-hmm. nobody talked about loss growing up my mm-hmm. brother like hit under a rock I, yeah. I did too <laughs> like 
But deep down, I knew that I did want those signs. You know, I, I knew that I wanted, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was hearing my mom's voice, whatever, whatever it might be, just to bring some hope into this dark thing. I feel like ever since Empower Her, I've been able to really pick up on more of these signs. And some of it is just like straight up weird, like yeah. finding dimes under my niece's crib, like, and we cleaned the whole house, like just these little, little signs like yeah. that, like yeah. red She'll cardinals. find a dime on our way out, I promise you. Yeah, like, really. That's all the, so what, the dimes what, is insane. Yeah. What significance does a dime have with your mother? So this one's really interesting because um, dimes are said to be like signs from heaven. And okay. so dimes is 10 cents. I was 10 when my mom died and oh. I was also born on August 10th. So I have this significant with the number 10 with number 10 because mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. um and i just think the dimes overall like the places that they appear it's like physically like impossible for them to show up <laughs> wow. so i'm just like trying to take that like spiritually i think just as a sign that like no you are on the right track you know like looking back this really terrible awful experience when you're 10 years old i didn't talk about it my mom was beautiful she loved life she left this earth as we say, kicking mm -hmm. and screaming. And it, it was a freak thing. She had glioblastoma. It was a brain tumor. She was sick and she didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She didn't swear. My mom's best friend joked she didn't hang out with anybody who did any of those things. <laughs> yeah. She was super healthy and mm -hmm. like, um, like almost vegan, which we can talk about later because that's yeah. a huge significance with this. Yeah. Um, and then just out of the blue, uh, literally out of the blue, she just lost her balance, kept losing her balance, right. went to the doctor and it was 2002. And, you know, times were a little bit different back then. Um, but you know, you just, I used to hold on whatever I could, like my mom's mm -hmm. sisters, my family, whatever, whatever community and support I had. Um, but now it's those little signs that I'm like, okay, everything that we have with empower mm -hmm. her and you know, I'm 29 years old. So it's mm -hmm. been 18 years since my mom passed away. And, um, and I, I love those signs. Like they, I, I accept them, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I, and it, it, it helps yeah, they get, say you have to. Yeah, be open, right? You know, to them, and then it's up right. to your own interpretation. <clears throat> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So the dimes is is my biggest one. Um, some songs too. Yeah. Um, numbers. I'm huge with numbers. Yeah. Like mm. spirituality wise, like the universe. I think like puts numbers in front of you, and there's a lot of messaging behind it. Um, so mm -hmm. my mom was um, born on um, August 29th and she passed away on May 29th. So right after Mother's Day. So that's coming up in a few weeks. So yeah. though, there's always significance, I think, behind that, too. I have a uh, that just I, when you said numbers, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I wanted to share it with you. Um, so after my my dad passed away, we started me and my brother started to see the number the time of day 333 mm -hmm. very often mm -hmm. um and when i looked up what that numerology was it said that it's a sign that your guardian angel is now with you wow. and they want you to know that they're present and they're watching over mm -hmm. you and ethan and i of course knew what that meant mm -hmm. um and i didn't i didn't really share it with anybody else in my family because we came back out here and we were working and um every every time we looked at the clock we felt like it was 333 mm -hmm. or if we played a song it was like Mm -hmm. You know, th it was a three minute and 33 second song. Yeah. Um, I was just seeing that number everywhere. And so I was like, I feel like I have to get a tattooed. Um, because yeah. I, <laughs> I yeah. just, I just feel like this. So I got it tattooed right behind my ear. Um, and I posted it on my Instagram story. And my sister immediately FaceTimed me. And she was in Georgia at the time at school. And she was like, Gray, why did you get that tattoo? And I was like, 
She normally roasts us about she, her yeah, tattoos. Yeah, I, I thought she was, I thought was, yeah. I thought she was yeah. roasting me. She's like, an artist. Yeah. Why would I guess yeah. some of my tattoos yeah. aren't very yeah. artistic. Yeah, we'll get you for so, tattoo. I thought she was like coming at me. She was yeah. like, why did you get that tattoo? And I was like, what? And I just hung up because I was like, Kemp's, what? Why, why are you? I just got a tattoo. You're making me feel insecure right? about it now. Yeah. It's on your um, head. And then yeah. and she called back and I was like, what's going on? And she was like, no, why did you get that tattoo? And I was like, I don't know. I've been seeing this number everywhere. Me and Ethan have been seeing it a lot. And I looked up what it meant. And she was like. I'm literally, I have an appointment to get that oh, tattoo on me tonight. Yeah. And she yeah. had never gotten a tattoo. And she had never, yeah. it was her first tattoo. And like, That's I was trying to get my sister to get a tattoo for so long. And I was like, come with me, we can get one. And she was like, yeah, maybe we can do it. And, and then like, she said she had been seeing it so much and she looked up what it meant and she was like, I need to get a tattoo yeah. as well. So she had an appointment already yeah. when I got it and we hadn't yeah. even spoken about it. And so that was like, this is clearly a sign. And it wasn't like 555 right. five, five, or it was 333. Right. Three, three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So insane. There's no mm-hmm. And the fact that it was a tattoo like right after my dad got diagnosed with cancer yeah. he was like fuck it I'm getting covered yep. in tats. Yeah. Right. Like he got his whole yeah. chest yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. All of his arms he's like I want to awesome. get full sleeved out because he was a superintendent Yeah. and uh, he had to wear like a suit or sometimes short sleeves and he just didn't want to be covered in tats and yep. have the kids be like why is right. the superintendent covered right. in tats? Because <laughs> I don't know it's awesome. just you know this generation but um, yeah it's just it's that's funny that it was tattoos. That's wild. It's almost like undeniable. There are definitely yeah. things. And, then that, story- and that doesn't go away. That will happen. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. my mom died 30 years ago. That stuff happens all the time to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you only tell people in good company, you know, yeah. because maybe it sounds crazy. It does but, sound right? crazy. That's right? a thing, yeah. But I know. You, it's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you had this, like, extraordinary loss. And, and so when those things happen, that brings more love you know yeah. you have a gaping hole in your heart so yeah. right maybe that's those are ways that you fill it mm-hmm. you yeah. know right that reassurance that he's really here yeah and you mentioned before that you feel like your mom has a hand in a lot of the decisions mm-hmm. you make in, in a lot of your life mm-hmm. and it really seems like she had a hand in in how oh, yeah. empower her came to be oh Can yeah you tell the story of how totally i love this story <laughs> yeah so my best friends, like my girlfriends from, you know, growing up in Connecticut are like my lifelines and, um, you know, like family. And so I, I, it really wasn't my idea. It was my girlfriend Courtney's idea for Empower Her because, you know, I was telling you, I grew up in Connecticut. You know, my mom died and the pictures just sort of came down off the wall, you know, and we just, really? you know, star students and star athletes and, you know, just sit with the cool kids at lunch and just like survive this thing, like mm-hmm. just move on was kind of how it happened. That's hard for people to hear that. Mm-hmm. But that do you is remember how it like directly truthfully. affected you when you were nine years old? Yeah. I mean, I may as well have lived on Mars. Like really? my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was seven years old and um, and she just got so sick so fast Mm -hmm. and sadly she knew she was dying and that's where I there are so many differences in our you know ages you know you and I were the same age which which made us really just such babies Mm -hmm. when our moms died and then we were also not really aware of how sick she was because that's an unbelievable thing for Mm -hmm. a kid to like know your mom is going to leave Mm -hmm. you were older and that's and I it's those stupid things people say in grief, like, oh, it must have been easier because, like, you probably don't remember her. Or, like, oh, you were so little, yeah. so you don't remember anything. But I would say to you something stupid, too. Like, I'm so sorry that you had to, like, watch him know he was leaving. Like, yeah. I can't imagine for the life of me how that, how much worse that would have been. Um, 
I don't think there is a worse situation. I know. I know. That's what I, I, I always. I always think no. that. I always think like, what if it was abrupt, or what if, what I if know. I was younger and I didn't know, or what if I was older, and I don't yeah. know if there is a, a situation that could make it any better. Yeah. I think. Um, and then it started to kind of like, like for you, I couldn't. Ima- I couldn't imagine being that mm-hmm. young and not having yeah. those last nine years with my dad. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, ten and nine <laughs> years old. It started to also open my mind up to the stigma that like even old people who lose their parents don't talk yeah. about it enough. And yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, he's yeah. you know like yeah. he's a fifty-year-old man. He lost his dad, and like yeah. That's normal. As if he's not in pain. But yeah, I think I think the whole loss, like yeah. concept of loss is just so far from normal. It's something that we just have no idea about as humans. It is. And I mean, and we were right there. We were a part of it all. So <laughs> yeah. it is kind of why I say, like, I think even today in this country, I think it's like a health crisis. Yeah. You know, when, when you don't allow kids, especially, or adolescents or young adults or just human beings, grieve. Mm-hmm. So we didn't grieve. and mm-hmm. um, Likewise, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I so appreciated mm-hmm. that. I love that you sat down with a therapist, you know, in the documentary. Yeah, and that was really the first time. Yeah, and I, I therapy didn't work for me. Like, yeah, see, for a I while, don't know if therapy is like the answer to, to yeah. what was going on with, yeah. in, in my head at the time, but um, I hadn't really even talked about it that much. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's what it was. Well, we don't because it's so painful. Like, it's like the saddest thing in the yeah. history of sadness. It's Why great to talk about talk it. About it right? like, I remember that moment where I was talking to my mom in the documentary and I, we mm-hmm. all just started crying and mm-hmm. I was like, this feels so good to finally like dig this up. But like, I'm so hesitant to do that ever again. Oh my God. No, no, no. I, the, the courage your mom had, I mean, that's like an, on another level yeah. because she's in pain watching you three grieve. Like that's an unbearable yeah. experience for the surviving yeah. parent. Like that took an unbelievable amount of courage. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like for like my parents were together since high school, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you know she saw him, yeah, be our father for that long, and they were like really best friends, yeah, mm-hmm. for a really yeah. really long time. And it's it just beautiful like, love story, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was my mom and dad's story and your parents' mm-hmm. story yeah. too. It's like, um, it's just unbelievable still to this day. Sometimes I'm like, did that really happen? Yeah. Yeah, so what happened was I, I never talked about my mother, which I don't recommend and why I started Empower Her. I just wanted yeah. girls to have, like, community. Like, just... Mm-hmm. And, and I want I wanted, in a lot of ways, to teach the adults around that, like, it's okay to talk about their loss. Like, they can hear the whispers anyways. Like, yeah. my brother and I heard you guys whispering around town for years. Like, yeah. that's what made me feel like I lived on Mars. Like, where are the aliens from my planet? Right. Like, right. I just wanted to meet another little girl whose mom died. Mm-hmm. I wanted to meet a 40-year-old yeah. woman whose mom died who could say, you know, you're going to get through this. I yeah. know this is horrible now, but I promise you, you'll survive this. And I didn't have that for decades. So I started Empower Her, you know, as I was like married and, you know, working and have two little kids. And um, it was because... When my husband and I moved, you know, we were in Texas and Connecticut and Chicago, and then we landed in this adorable little beach town outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. And I was actually starting to meet all these young widowed father, fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was meeting their daughters. You know, it was like connections were being made, like, oh, well, Kara's mom died. And, um, you know, maybe you can go grab a cup of coffee with this dad, you know, this 40-year-old dad who just doesn't know what to do. And so I, I started to meet all these little girls for like two years when, when um, I had got to Boston. And um, I was like going back to school shopping and like ice cream after a bad day. And mm-hmm. like, and uh, so my best friend, Courtney, she was living in Austin, Texas at the time. She's like, you need friends your own age in situate. Like every time I call you, you have some like 12 year old girl in your back seat. <laughs> and it was like, you, she literally about a month later she had a dream and she woke up at like six o'clock in the morning and she goes 
And she's one of these friends that always tells you her dream. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know, everyone yeah. has a friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay, this dream. Well, and she calls me at six in the morning and she goes, I had this dream. You started a nonprofit for girls whose moms died. It's called Empower Her. I just sent you the logo because she was a graphic designer. And so she like emails me this logo at like six in the morning and it like sent chills up my spine. Wow. And I was like, it's such a good idea. Like someone should do it. I'm not doing that. Like starting a nonprofit is an unbelievable undertaking. Yeah. And I was just like a busy mom. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I, it, that idea like nagged at me for about a year. Wow. And I kept thinking like, someone really should do this. It is a good idea. Yeah. Like why, do, why didn't somebody do this 30 years ago even? Um, and so there was one night um, and my husband and I just like die laughing at this story, but we like put our kids to bed. Murphy and Ava were like, you know, little and we put them to bed and, um, and I was like, okay, um, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to start a nonprofit <laughs> and I'm going to call it empower her and, but it'll be super small. It'll be so simple. I'll like do it in my spare time. We'll just bring teenage girls away on Mother's Day because that was such a lousy time for me growing up. Yeah. That's easy. I can raise a little bit of money. I'll have a couple cocktail parties. Um, and, you know, we'll give girls a chance on Mother's Day to just put their feet up. It's so mm-hmm. hard and sad. And then they can meet other girls like them. And my husband was like, I love it. You know, we could drive Range Rovers or we could leave our mark on this world. And I was mm-hmm. like, let's do yeah. it. Shane, yeah. he's, he's the MVP. Shane, <laughs> Shane loves Shane. Shane, he is. He's just like my biggest cheerleader. And um, and so we got. I got to work on it. And we took seven teenage girls away that Mother's Day um, in a hotel, like a five-star hotel in Boston. You know, not because it was about five-star hotels, but you just wanted to give the girls like some peace. Yeah. And, you know, we did yoga together. And, you know, we did our hair and makeup at the time, like... You know, it's evolved from just that. Um, and then, you know, laughed and cried and did the whole thing. And it was just magic. And so that's really what kicked it off. Mm-hmm. And then I quit my day job and was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> this thing is now big. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then like two years after that, I went back to my husband. And I was like, um, I think we need to like start a mentor program, just like Big Brothers Big Sisters, like yeah. super yeah. easy. I'm just gonna like copy with permission. Like <laughs> I'll just like write this program, um, and we'll be the only mentor program for kids in grief. Yeah. Like kids in grief need to meet another adult to show yeah. them it's survivable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that was Courtney's sign, and. Um, and she's a believer too. So hmm. it's, I just feel like my mother was like here. I think so too. During that. Time. Yeah. I've had a, a friend report to me in the morning, and this is not a friend that oh. normally shares dreams, but that he, my dad came to him in one of his dreams and told him to tell me something. And it was something that I really needed to hear, um, something kind of unique to, to what I was mm-hmm. going through at the time, which was, again, something unexpected. But I, I, mm. I believe that th- yep. that was your mom. Yeah, I no, do. for sure. Yeah. You, and you, that was your dad. Yeah, and you spoke about living on Mars. And yeah. I can assume being a nine-year-old, you, you had your your family around mm-hmm. you. you. I mean, you live with mm-hmm. them, and that's your core support system yep. right there. Um, but And I can also assume that you had so many people reaching out. Your mom was so young and oh, such, totally. such an amazing person. And likewise, I mean, we had a lot of people reaching out to us and really, really beautiful text messages and, mm-hmm. and conversations on the phone. But I felt really guilty for... 
I guess not enjoying some of the conversations I was having yeah. because people were trying their best to, and, and I acknowledge that. I acknowledge yeah. they were trying their best, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I did kind of feel like I was on Mars. Like mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a disconnect with people who hadn't had situations mm-hmm. like mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, like they would compare it to, to something else. Something else, yeah. losing someone else, or just, mm-hmm. it just, yes. I feel like sometimes you can really only get something if you've gone through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, that's the truly beautiful thing about Empower Her and, that's what it was. I mean, I, and I, I agree with you that that was my experience. It was like, but I don't want anyone to interpret that as like, oh, that means like, don't say anything. Right? Exactly. We want right. people to yeah. say like, I'm sorry. No matter like, what anyone their said, like I, I appreciated it exactly. like, to the fullest. But yeah. as far as like keeping a conversation going and something that's actually going to like yes. be significant in my journey to like recovery yes. or, or yeah. grieving, um, yeah, I, I really. I, I feel like I, I needed to talk to somebody who who had been through what we'd been. Yeah, through. Exactly. who had made it out on the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, and that's what I. So that's what this mentor program was in my head. I wanted it to be a stranger. I mm-hmm. wanted it to be somebody that wasn't grieving. And I love that, like in in the documentary, like Uncle Joe. Yeah. Love Uncle Joe. We, <laughs> we, we have a million <laughs> Uncle Joes. Yeah. Thank God. That's and that taught me empathy. You know, like my mom died. And my town was amazing. Like my mom's family and friends were amazing. Like I had my prom dress covered. Like I had, you know, I had, they always came to my rescue. I was like marinated Mm -hmm. in love. That's, that's what my mom asked of her family and friends. And that's brave of them to do it, but they were busy people giving Mm -hmm. up their time. So that is why I started Empower. I was like, I'm grateful for that. So Mm -hmm. I have to pay this forward now, um, for girls who don't have that. But, um, but yeah, I I want the conversation. I, I didn't want someone whispering behind my back, but kids have no tools either. Like I didn't I didn't put out a vibe like, oh, I want to sit here and talk with my teacher yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. But if my teacher was someone whose mom died when she was little, my God, I would have loved that. Yeah. Like I could have, that conversation could have gone on forever, you know? Because yeah. right. I'd be, we had a really, really funny um uh, night we had a cocktail party because again just running a nonprofit you just have cocktail parties and more cocktail parties <laughs> than you do right you know and the charity runners programs there's so many like ways that you can fundraise and get more and more people involved so we had a party here in Hollywood Hills actually when we were opening up our chapter for California and one of our friends Alex she's amazing and she you know was um, like in her 30s her mom died when she was 13 same story never talked about it um, never really grieved until she left the home. And um, and so she hosted a party and said, I want to help fundraise. I want to get this chapter open for girls in California. And so we were at um, her friend Bonnie's house. And she and she said, oh, do you mind? I'm going to introduce you to all my friends and family. So Amory and I are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you you speak. You It's your story. It's not our story, right? Mm-hmm. We speak enough about this. And so she like brought us up to introduce us. And she was like, oh, my God, everybody, everybody. This is Anne Marie and Kara. They're aliens from my planet. Oh. And we, we were, were like, like yes. yes. <laughs> we're all aliens. I yes. get it. Yes. Where were you? Yeah. You know, like I I wanted to I, I lived on that planet. Even in my house, I feel like my dad is amazing. My brother's amazing. You know, like loving dad, protective big brother. But it's like we all lived on the on like the same solar system, but like on three different planets. Because yeah. my dad was grieving his wife. And trying to raise two children. And my brother was 13, grieving his mom, but trying to be a boy yeah. in that that, like, never cries and just, like, picks mm-hmm. himself up by his bootstraps and moves on. 
And I was just trying to be the little sad girl with mm. pigtails that everyone was like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to take me shopping. And I yeah. appreciate that. But there just was no conversation yeah. mm-hmm. about like this horrible thing that just happened. We just kind of pretended it didn't. And, right. Yeah. Right. As, as right. a young woman, um, you, you need a woman to look up to at times. There's some things that mm-hmm. you just don't feel comfortable telling a, yeah. a, a man. Yeah. Um, right. I've gotten into situations totally. where I'm like, I I don't think I can talk to my mom about this. Like yeah. I, need, I need to talk to my dad about this. Yeah. I can't talk to Grayson about this because he's equally as confused about this as yeah. I am. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I know where you're coming yeah. from with that. It's really difficult. And then, yeah. and Maria, I can assume how isolating it was for you losing your mom at 10 years old. Well, and it's like Kara was saying, like life does go on and I hate to say that. And it, and it does feel like it was like a bad situation, almost like prolonged, like worse because all of our parents passed away from cancer and that's so traumatic in its in itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, our loved ones and I mean, for me, I, I personally, my mom passed away in my house and mm-hmm. I was there. I mean, that's very so, yeah. traumatic and, uh, and upsetting. And uh, it was, it was, hard. it was like gruesome, you know? Yeah, it, it's it, very morbid. It, it yeah. is. It, yeah. it is. And so to be in that, like kind of have a front row seat of that, it's, yeah. it is so draining. And then she passed away and then it was like, the pictures kind of came down off the walls mm-hmm. after a while. Like we, like it we was so painful. We like, went to school, like my field hockey. Exactly. Play like, field may hockey. As well on Mars. And I'm <laughs> in this beautiful home in North Attleboro, Massachusetts with my dad, who is a, a, amazing, amazing. And my brother who totally clammed up. I mean, mm-hmm. he was 15 and him and my mom were very close mm-hmm. and, and life just goes on. And then you watch around you, your, your friends are going shopping and their parents and th- like mm-hmm. at school and, I mean, everything, you just have to move on. You just literally have to put one foot in front of the other. And I think when you're 11, 12, 13 years old and moving on with your life, that is re- that's really hard. That's when it sets yeah. in. Um, but I mean, eventually, like it, it does come up. It you know it came up for me in my 20s. And that's where I think mm-hmm. um, I hadn't met another really kid of any parent loss mm-hmm. until I was like 23. Mm-hmm. Um, I was introduced. Um, I was introduced to Kara by a, a couple of mutual friends. And I mean, it was then that like that bright light goes off that like, wait a minute, I'm not. I'm not an alien now and I wasn't mm-hmm. an alien then, yeah. you know, or I, I, I'm, they're yeah. aliens from my planet, yeah. but I was never really alone. Yeah. You know, I felt alone in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Granted, my family and friends and community was so supportive yeah. and amazing, but people don't know how to talk about yeah. loss necessarily. And and I used to try and like cover it up. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was easier for me to be like, like just not talk about it. My dad remarried my stepmom, who's a beautiful person, but I miss my mom. And, yeah. and, I, and I just did whatever I could yeah. to try and like, or like fit your in prom. like, like the, at your prom dates prom, my, at, like at asking, prom yeah yeah I, I went I went to prom I was 16 and I got the my auntie Mandy took me to go who was like my mentor before mm-hmm. empower her existed basically took me to go get my hair done and, and all the things and I was excited and it was great and we're taking photos and my prom dates mom um, was like badgering me being like where's your mom Where, where's your mom I need to ask like you need to fix your corsage yeah. or something and I'm like what <laughs> like this is so much and she was like badgering me where my mom was and I just said she was on a business trip because I felt embarrassed. Like mm-hmm. I, like your self-confidence and your self-esteem mm-hmm. when you have to like kind of learn everything on your own like that, especially mm-hmm. when you're living with like a, my dad, who's like a guy's guy. My dad worked in the school mm-hmm. district too. He was mm-hmm. a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a teacher actually after my mom died. Um, he w- was a huge workaholic beforehand. And then yeah. my mom passed away and he left all that to become a teacher. But 
Um, I mean, you feel, I, I felt mm-hmm. like my self-esteem and my self-confidence was just shrunk. And my prom mm-hmm. date's mom, no offense to her, who didn't know my mom died, wow. yeah. you know, reminded me of that. And it, it ruins your night, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like you try to, like, teach kids maybe a script because you're right that like, you can't fix that from happening because the woman didn't know, right. you know, your mom died. Right. But we try to help the girls that empower her right. understand, like, Put your shoulders back. Stand up. Don't be embarrassed about this. This is your life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This right. Is, and and you, you don't have to lie about this. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it, and then in, to teach the girl, like, not only is it okay to ask for help, but it's okay to say it because I know you're not saying it because you, you don't want to burden. You didn't want to burden that woman and ruin her night. Right. Taking pictures right. of the prom. Right. But like that's a burden to put on a child. Right. That's yeah. unfair. And so and it's I, a milestone moment. It's yeah. a reminder Milestones, that here it's yeah. prom. You're 16 years old and your mm-hmm. mom's not here. And that mm-hmm. took a village to get you yeah. your prom dress and your hair, which is also another like I felt bad. Like why are all like all these people are doing things for me, even though like I should accept that yeah. and like feel worthy of that. Like I felt like a sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and that's where empower her is so amazing yeah. because I mean, my mentee knows that, you know, she doesn't have anything to be ashamed yeah. or, or upset. Of, I mean, yeah. you know, feel bad about like, we always, we're always going to yeah. take you to get your hair done. Cause we had that too. Yeah. You know, you're not by yourself in yeah. this and, and you never will be feel like pitied. Right. That's not exactly. what that, that is. Exactly. Yeah. We're not whispering behind your back. Cause we're, yeah. we know that feeling. And yeah. I know everyone was whispering behind my back way back then. And nobody knew what to say, yeah. you know, and those are things that year after year you take with you you know and now as a 20 i'm in my late 20s and i just just reflect back it's there's a lot of reflection i think and like just taking it in that nobody had bad intentions people just don't Mm -hmm. know the right words people Mm -hmm. don't know what to say Mm -hmm. exactly yeah and it's almost like this guilt that you you feel because everyone is sincerely trying to help yes exactly Exactly. you're you're rejecting their help but Mm -hmm. it's just it's not it's so confusing yeah i want to talk more about your mentee that you mentioned. Yes. So you met her when she was eight months old? Yes. Yes. So I was their family's very first babysitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to babysit around town all the time. And there was this family that really stuck out to me because her mom, her mom's name was Britton. And Britton knew that my mom died. And we never talked about it, but she just did those little things that you knew that she cared enough. You know, mm-hmm. like she, they would come home after a night out and Britton would just sit and talk talk with me and just kind of go that extra mile. And, yeah. you know, deep down, you, you, you know why she's doing mm-hmm. that. I was 17 and um, it's because she knew that she knew my mom died, you know, and she, she wanted to give me some extra, a little extra TLC. Um, so Molly was just eight months old. She was the first baby I ever held. And then, um, the years went on and I stuck with the family. I kept babysitting for them year after year. I went away to college to UMass Amherst. Um, and I used to like come back every now and again, like on the weekends, all the two hour drive just to babysit Molly. Um, and then I graduated, was living in Boston. Like now I'm an adult with a full-time job and I'm like still babysitting this family because And now Molly is seven years old. And then they had another, um, Maddie, who was one. And then um, I just got that, like, nightmare phone call. Um, Britain's husband, Mike, said um, Britain had a, had a, has a sickness and some, it's, there's a, r- a real problem. Um, you know, I, I don't think she's going to make it. Like, can you help me? Like, literally just messaged me, like, can you help me? So I jump in the car. I speed to Mass General Hospital. And I see Britain and... Um, she couldn't speak, but I told her, I said, I'm always going to look out for Molly and Maddie. They're never, they're never going to be alone. And, 
you know, you did so much for me and, and Molly and Maddie are open arms kind of coming to empower her and they're always, I'm always going to look out for them. And, you know, it's, I like to think she can hear me. I think she did. Um, and she passed away a couple of days later and, um, it was, it was really hard because I went through that, you know, same thing pretty much like Molly was seven and Maddie was one. So they were a bit younger and Mike is very much like my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. And to be so close to this family, like it, that felt so serendipitous. And the last thing that Britton said to me, I had babysat like a couple of months earlier. Britton said, um, you know, you're always going to be in Molly's life. She said, I just know it. You're always going to be in Molly's life. And it like gives me the chills because I remember leaving so clearly. And I called my auntie Mandy and I was like, we just have such this special relationship. Like I was living in L.A. at that time, mm-hmm. too. Um, and so. And so here, here it is. She, she passed away and um, Molly became my mentor, my mentee right away. And she's amazing. It's, it's so weird to think like all of the, mm-hmm. all of the buildup of this. Um, I mean, it, it's really upsetting with Maddie because she never really got to know her mom because she was so young when she died. But we have such a special relationship. They love empower her. The, the girls love empower her. Um, and I like to keep Britain's memory alive with Molly. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that's very, you know, u- unique with, mm-hmm. with Molly and I, and I know she loves it. I know she loves when I talk about her mom, because, you know, like we said, life goes on mm-hmm. yeah. and, and to be able to keep those memories alive is I think really special. So Molly just did the today show with us and she was so brave. I'm like, you're 12 years old. Yeah. Now she's 12. She's coming on. She's talking about mother, her mom dying. I mean, yeah. that is so hard. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how she did that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't know how. Well, I do now. I mean, even when I started Empower Her and, um, you know, word was spreading and we would, you know, um, have a television interview or a newspaper article and, you know, the reporters always asking, you know, um, I'd like you to include a father and, you know, in part of the story or do you have a, you know, young girl, 12 year old girl who could be part of the story. And at first, because this is so ingrained in me and how I was right, how I grew up, I was like, how dare you ask to like talk to a girl? Like, this is very private. Mm-hmm. It was like, I needed to get myself out of it. Here I am starting a nonprofit. Um, and same thing for you. I'd be like, Anne-Marie, you're a mentor. I'd like you to speak at this event. And you'd be like, I can't. I'd, I've never talked about my mother in 20 years. And I'm like, you can do this. Okay. And I'd give you an out. I'd be like, okay, you don't have to do it now. Yeah. But it I is, need you to. It's so scary, like committing to talking to yes. someone who you lost publicly right mm-hmm. yes. you don't know what emotions it's gonna bring up mm-hmm. out of you and how you're gonna react like i don't know if i'm gonna shut down like even before we recorded mm-hmm. this podcast yeah. i'm like okay yeah. i haven't talked yeah. about my dad in a while yeah, um, yeah. am i gonna just start pulling my eyes out am i gonna yeah. be able to talk yeah it is tough but when you can like sit at the table and like know that like we all kind of know what this is like it's yeah. like that's what i love it helps about. so much i think this yeah. is the first yeah. time i've been in a situation where I'm I'm in a conversation with just people who who can relate yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, right. Since I've, and, had, I've had friends, but um, you know, I didn't. I always felt like I didn't want to put the burden back on them because they. Yeah. I had a friend that had lost his mother, you know, years mm-hmm. before me, and he always gave me great advice. Um, mm-hmm. And then another friend who was going through what I was going through simultaneously, but I've never been in like a situation like this where it's. Mm-hmm. We're all just talking about it and, and talk. I guess like destigmatizing it too. That's exactly like, it. Yeah. Like how, like make it okay. Yeah. To, why, why, do, why do we, why do we grow up thinking it's not okay? And I know it. It's because I'm going to suck the air out of the room. I'm going to mm. ruin everyone's night. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And right. that's what I'm like now that I've been talking about Empower Her and I, I, I talk about my mother for the last few years. 
it, the first couple of years of doing that like brought me to my knees, like physically yeah. ill. And physically ill seeing a girl like me who's about to walk the same path, I was mm-hmm. like physically mm-hmm. sick mm-hmm. for like two years probably. And and now I, I it's it's so hard to explain this because I think if you don't know grief, you know, if you don't if you didn't lose your mom when you were nine years old of breast cancer, like no one else would understand this except them right, or it, you guys, yeah. is that I couldn't talk about her, but I was desperate to. Mm-hmm. And I had no way of like saying that. And But it should be taught that people can admit, like, I'm going through a really hard time. I'm not okay. I'm really missing my dad. Or I'm, or, you know, I'm, I I want to be able to talk about this. Now I just need a script to start the conversation. Yeah. Like that's what I think we owe it, owe each other. Yeah. And it's really for it's for anybody who's in any child, especially like who's gone through a trauma. And I always say this at Empower Her, you know, the girls have have really experienced something so out of sequence. Like it's unnatural, mm-hmm. you know, to be a young person and lose your your mom or dad and it's so painful um sort of out of sequence. But as you get older, as I did, I got older and I, I was meeting, my world is opening up and you're meeting all these other, I'm meeting all these other adult women and they had their own thing. You know, they may have had another trauma in their life. So women who know adversity can really like draw strength from each other. Mm-hmm. And for men too, like if you can meet, me, you will be meeting men throughout your life who will say, actually I do know what, what it's like to be you. And that's healing because that's mm-hmm. comfortable. Um, and like we say to the girls, it's out of sequence. You experience this unimaginable tragedy as a little kid, but as you get older and you meet other people, very sadly, they're going to experience some kind of trauma or very painful experience, and and they'll come to you and lean on you. That's more in sequence, you know? Mm-hmm. But we're all, nobody's immune from it, you mm-hmm. know? It's, life is sad sometimes and you know there are a lot of people hurting in this country i think all the time like it wasn't just about a girl whose mom died i I just wanted for any child to have like a space where Mm -hmm. they could be honest Mm -hmm. honest that's all because what i was doing was like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine like that was so dishonest right you know and it's like how do you know you're fine like i felt like all i knew was just to be fine because like life you just have to handle it as best you can yeah mm-hmm. you have no choice but, right you have no yeah. choice yeah yeah so you guys mentioned before prom and yeah. your, your children being born mm-hmm. and how milestones are really like throwing salt in the wound mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which i definitely have to agree with mm-hmm. um so kara with you mm-hmm. being the mother you know yeah. children and, and having a husband yeah what was I guess this is kind of like a personal question that I'm very yeah. like interested in, in yeah. knowing. I'm an open um, buck. I don't yeah. say anything. Uh, <laughs> what was it like meeting your husband um, and yeah. then, you know, falling in love with him and, and getting married with him, starting a family, mm-hmm. and then just always knowing that your your mother and him never had the chance to meet? Yeah. Question. That's it's your husband. It's having a child, and mm. and oh my god, my mother would love to be a grandmother. My kids are like the greatest thing mm. that ever happened to this universe, and she just would have like loved that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very painful. Like that's the saddest part of that. Knowing that she didn't meet my husband mm-hmm. and help me, like give me the advice I would have needed. Like, yeah. should I get married to him? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, that 
thankfully I ha- had a lot of other women in my life that I could turn to. So that sort of checked that box. Yeah. Um, and then really and truly on my wedding day, I can tell you she was there like in that church at West Point, she was there. Uh, I, yeah. There's I, no one can convince me that my mother did not see that, that she didn't enjoy that, mm. that she, and you know, in, in those things, I take great comfort in this. It gets to be a lot. And I don't think everyone feels the same way that I do, but at those milestones, you know, when you are, you know, choosing who you want to spend the rest of your life with. And, um, and it's this like emotional ceremony, right? Everyone around is coming up to me saying, your mother would be so proud of you. You know, your mother would, would be so proud of the woman you are. Your mother would love Shane. That, I had to take that in. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't serve everyone well. Mm-hmm. You know, how many yeah. times has somebody come to you and said, oh my God, your dad would be so proud of you. Yeah. But believe it. They mean it. And I think I like that too. You like yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, good. I, you know, not everyone I does. I don't know. It throws <laughs> me off a little bit. I'm like, all right, I know. <laughs> we, we get it constantly lately yeah. Yeah. too. Like yeah. your mom is so proud. And, and even mm-hmm. for Empower Her, I feel like I have to say that I don't do Empower Her for my mom. Like mm-hmm. I, I love That's my mom. Yeah. I, I do Empower Her and I, mm-hmm. I and Kara can probably say more on this because we're there's a, there's a need for it. We're yeah. filling a need in, yeah. in yeah. these communities and like my auntie Mandy, who was basically my mentor, mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't have mother loss. Granted, she was my mom's sister, but mm-hmm. like this, it is a, a true need. I, of course, I live, my mom's memory is amazing, but, and I know she's, she's proud of this. Yeah. I mean, immensely. And I and feel you that. You honor her every day. Like, of course. I say the same thing. I didn't start empower her as a tribute to my mother because I pay tribute to my mother every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like she right. was an amazing right. woman. How could mm-hmm. I not honor her with every little thing that I do outside of the big things? But it really was about service to others. And my mother was, and your mother was like this. I was being raised in a house that believed in service to others. All of our parents are teachers and coaches and trying to mentor little people. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that was what I was meant to do was to try and be in service. Mm -hmm. And I think you are doing that too. Mm -hmm. I, I, you. you know, the little that, that I know, um, of course, I knew who you guys were. And my son was like, you're going on the Tolan Twins? <laughs> like, and literally, he's like, um, Brie Larson was on there. Like, She's a superhero. I'm like, so? <laughs> um, but, you know, I knew who you were. But the more that I, you know, I really did my homework. And I, like, I really just admire who you are. And your parents raised you to be beautiful human beings who thank are you, going to so do much. really beautiful things. And you're... you're switch the switch that you're making mm-hmm. i think is you're trying to say there is this beautiful life at my fingertips despite my grief i mean mm-hmm. i that's a pain that it will lessen it won't go away that is your fact but you're doing something with it and that's what your parents were trying to teach you mm-hmm. is take take advantage of it like show gratitude mm-hmm. so i started empower her not as a tribute to my mom it's wonderful that you know her name kit is you know, right, kind right, of paraded right, right. around things, Kid and that's and beautiful to still say their name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it because I really wanted to. S- I wanted this to stop. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and you did it for your your younger self. Yeah, exactly, exactly mm-hmm. for 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 our younger selves. And you mentioned like paying tribute to your mom every day. My mom's friends and her family describe her as just pay it forward. She always paid it mm-hmm. forward and never expect anything in return. And and truly mm-hmm. being of service to others. And I think you know, from what we've read up about your, your dad, like it's, mm-hmm. that's all, that's all the same. It's the same message mm-hmm. that 
I think we're we're trying to bring is it it, it is it does mm-hmm. feel like paying it forward. I mean, running in mm-hmm. power is it's it's a tough it's a tough it's not easy. You know, yeah. 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 fundraising subject, is like it's an extreme sport. Literally, <laughs> literally it's an we're, extreme sport. Yeah, we're like our heads are spinning, but right. But can it's you, like can you go to depth on that a little bit about fundraising? <laughs> oh my god, can we, Kara? So so no. we started empower her. Um, you know, it was seven years ago, and and. I mean, I would have been happy if I raised a quarter of a million dollars and we raised $3 million, but mm-hmm. that was like just to do the thing because I didn't know that I was entering into a space that didn't exist. So, you know, I think about like, you know, for-profit companies, Uber is a disruptor in the marketplace, mm-hmm. right? We don't need to keep, take taxis anymore. We can, you know, here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Here's an insane idea. Just get in some random yeah. person's car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that was what Empower Her really was, and I didn't know it. So I, my girlfriend didn't know it when she had this dream. So I, I, once a year, at least, I call her, and I'm like, I cannot believe I listened to you. Like, <laughs> what did I get myself into? Because, number one, I had to talk about something really sad. Yeah. And it's hard to go to a, you know, an, an Empower Her event for a donor and, you know, I'm going to tell you something really hard and you can't unhear it now. Mm-hmm. And now, and so there's this weird thing that happens. Like some people feel guilt, like, well, if I don't do more, like I don't, I'm not here to guilt people yeah. and I don't recommend people go start nonprofits. Mm-hmm. I think I appreciate that a lot of your guests are from the nonprofit world mm-hmm. like us because I hope it encourages your followers to do nonprofit work. Mm-hmm. But join the movement. Like there's a lot of nonprofits right now doing amazing work. So so help them. You don't have to start a new thing and then become a competitor in the marketplace for that. Gotcha. I started Empower Her because it didn't exist. Yeah. I, if yeah. I if there was some yeah. other, you know, I, I would have joined forces. And what we were doing was non-therapeutics. We don't have psychologists run our groups. Um, it was all volunteer driven. I, I have five staff and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of volunteers, thank God. Wow. And it, it was community based. So... It meant that the the girls live and grieve every day. They do grieve at prom. They do grieve on their, you know, high school graduation. They do. I'm not denying that. But more importantly, they are just grieving every day, Mm -hmm. like a one-ton brick on their chest. And how can I, like, alleviate that? So we started raising money, and it's great. Like, you you know, I raised $100,000, and the next year, $200,000. And I'm like, oh, if I could just get to $500,000. And then it never ends. It's (laughs) like, now I need... $10 $10 million to really expand nationally to do this and that and expand on, we want to include boys and girls of, of any loss. So yeah. the we've been serving a girl all this time, mm-hmm. knowing very well my brother needed this. Yeah. And I felt this like terrible guilt, like I'm perpetuating a stereotype that boys should just move on. Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. to ask but girls need that. help. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not what I was trying to say. From, from the outside looking at it, it doesn't look like that. Okay, good. To me, I think, good, it, good. I, I think that you guys have put an emphasis on relatability and like that's mm-hmm. kind of what's been helping people get through this. It's like that's what you recognize. people to relate mm-hmm. to. And yeah. yeah, it's different for me. If I, if I were to meet a young man like myself who had gone through the loss of his father, his mm-hmm. idol, the guy that he yep. looked up to and aspired to be like, I feel like we would have an, a never ending conversation that I think I would yeah. take a lot from. And yeah. then on the flip side of it, I also feel like I don't have the credentials to help a young woman. Through, yeah. through the loss of her mother. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I, so it's I niche. Didn't, I didn't live yeah, that it, it, is very, it is very niche, and that's the way mm-hmm. I see it. I, I think that... And then also, guys, yeah, are, I, don't, I don't think it's fair to say that it looks like you're trying to be exclusive. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess you. maybe because of social pressure or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, 
guys are definitely less interested in getting help for themselves yep. mm-hmm. or yep. more hesitant to reach yeah. out. And, and, but we can prove to you still girls are too. Yeah. yeah. Girls oh, don't ask imagine. for help no, either. It takes an yep. insane bravery to, yes. to do what these girls have done. You have 350 girls that are now yep. enrolled in Empower. Her. Yeah. But there are How hundreds of thousands of girls that, yeah. yeah. I know. How hard yeah. was it to get just this many girls to sign so up? So difficult. It was like pushing a boulder up a mountain. So fundraising is hard. It's like pushing a boulder up a mountain. Fundraising gotcha. is extremely... The marketplace is competitive because there's so many wonderful causes, but is your messaging right? Is it too sad? Is it not sad enough? You know, um, there's lots of strategy that goes into fundraising. Um, You know, we do a good job of it. We need to be doing a much better job of fundraising. And everyone pulls me aside, you know, you know what you should do? This is how you should raise money. I know, I'm trying. But then it's your mission, right? When you start a nonprofit, you have fundraising and mission. Mm-hmm. You know, you raise the money and what do you do with it? You know, what do you exist to do? And thankfully, we have, you know, very low expense ratios. I don't have this huge overhead. So the money is going where it needs to go. Yeah. But I needed to know, like, what was the program that you were going to create? Like, okay, I told my husband I just wanted to do this thing on Mother's Day once a year. And then you realize that's not enough. So you build out additional programs and then you need additional money and you need infrastructure and you need capacity and you need, so, um, you know, finding the girls is extremely difficult right now. It's really just word of mouth. And here's a a very interesting fact about the world of grief in this country Mm -hmm. that I didn't know. Rarely does the pediatrician or the guidance counselor call us or the teacher or even the dad. Mm. And I understand all the reasons why, but I'm trying to fix that. Mm -hmm. And I think until we are a culture that really talks openly, I have pediatricians call me or pediatricians will tell me, um, you know, there's there's a young girl, her mom just died in my practice, but you know, the dad's really private. So I'm just not comfortable telling him about empower her. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? Then I'll never get to her. Um, the teachers, the guidance counselors, you know, I just don't want to step on dad's toes. I'm like, why, where do you think? you're stepping on his toes. Well, you think that you're going to offend him, Mm -hmm. um, that he's somehow a bad dad. My dad was an amazing man. That's not, that's why I started empower her was I have love and empathy from that experience. And, um, so the girls really just find out about us word of mouth and nine times out of 10, it's their, their grandmother or their aunt Mm -hmm. or the mom's best friend who essentially enrolls her. Because it's someone who knows and loves her who's saying, God, I really wish there was something for her. Mm-hmm. She feels so alone. You know, she's the only girl in fifth grade whose mom died and she feels so isolated and she went to therapy, but she really didn't like it. And so, you know, I, I found out, I, I saw you on the Today Show and that's our, like literally like broke the internet. All these aunts and grandmas are calling us now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they're saying, oh, I think this is what she would want. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of like me spreading this, spreading the word, yeah. and getting it into the right hands. Mm-hmm. Again, why we're so grateful to you and, and for ha- like talking about hard things. It's a hard topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard to find girls. Yeah. If there, if there was like an organization exactly like yours, but, but for young men, I also, I, I wonder if, mm-hmm. um, those young men's role models or, or men in his life would reach mm-hmm. out to sign him up for it. Like you just said, yeah. like I feel like girls do such a better job at being brave and stepping forward and getting mm-hmm. the help they need. Because it really is the bravest yeah. thing to do. To and I think that, that 
I think the if the surviving parent is the mom, yeah, the mom is usually seen as someone who's like, mm -hmm. I'll just find anything that's going to help my kids right yeah. now. And so I think that when we do start to serve boys whose dads died, mm -hmm. the mom or the grandma or the aunt or whoever, I think they're going to come forward a lot faster mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they're going to say, they're going to be brave to say, look, I'm just going to, you know, we just got to get you, you know, some more support. And here's this organization that you can be involved in. And yes, for the boy, I think it'd be hard to say, yeah, I want to, I'm really struggling. I want to meet a bunch of other guys whose yeah. dads died. Or some might just say, I'm just not ready for that yet. That yeah. I can't even imagine being in a room full of 20 guys on Father's Day whose dad died. That's too sad. So I don't know, yeah. you know. Yeah. I guess it is case by case. Yeah. Because everyone does have a different reaction to it. Yeah. It's tough. It's uh, it's tough, and I I think I, I mean personally going through it, I think that being able to relate to a young guy that, that's going through it would would probably be the most helpful for me. But at the time, I don't know if I would seek that help. Yeah, myself. yeah. at the time, yeah. I, I wanted to be very private, and I think yeah. it was like, I don't know if that was good for me. I mean, I am where I am, and I'm. I feel like I'm. I think I'm it was terrible strong. for us. Yeah, but I I think it took a lot to get here, and I, I could have done it more efficiently. Like you um, said, or, unless I know, we want to be I think, I, know. I think, like, I, I remember listening to a podcast, um, mm -hmm. and it was a comedy-based podcast, and mm -hmm. I, it just, it just so happened that one of the guests had had lost their parent when they were young, and they were talking about it, mm -hmm. and and at that time I was very numb. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how I felt. I, I couldn't really even cry if I tried to. I couldn't mm -hmm. think about the situation for more than like a split second because mm -hmm. it just like wouldn't register in my mind. And I was listening to a podcast and. The guest said that I lost my mom, and uh, it wasn't until like five years after that it really messed me up. He was yeah. a, he was a man, right? Yeah, he yeah. was a man. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I was like, really? Because I it's been less than a year, and I feel fine right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because it's mm -hmm. like yeah. I didn't mm -hmm. feel anything, yeah. and I thought nothing That's was fine. That's the truth. That's mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah. and so when I got hit with all the emotions and, and confronted with all these feelings that that came up after I was numb for so long, I was like, just so blindsided because I heard that. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, I'm already fine. Yeah. And and yeah, I had no one to talk to about it that had gone through the, the first five years yeah. and said, this is actually what it's like. And this yeah. is what my first year was like. This is what my second year was like, my third, yeah. you know? So and being transparent, yeah. I feel like I ended up in a lot of situations that I definitely regret because I didn't deal with my grief yeah. early mm -hmm. enough. I didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I embarrassed myself on multiple occasions that I probably wouldn't have mm -hmm. just because I was acting out before I even realized why I was. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And and also like having a public platform at the same time going through it like growing up, mm -hmm. um, and like a transition period from like my child life to my adult life, and then not not having an adult male role yeah. model. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. like I had no clue that I I was just doing it all wrong. At it's the time. so and I was doing it publicly. Yeah. yeah. How did you even decide to do that documentary? Um, did you know in your heart like we have to do I, it? Yeah. I just, just I was thinking like what am I going to do? So I was. These are kind of like, like check marks that mm -hmm. or checkpoints that that uh, they they come up every year. It's like birthdays, holidays, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, when I got to my birthday, I didn't realize how like painful that was going to be. My mm -hmm. first birthday without my dad, and then not we, even his birth. His birthday's right before us, and I remember yeah. anticipating his birthday so much that we both were like, "Okay, let's just." Uh, do something that dad would want to do on his birthday. Yeah, let's we like, had like cake all day and like, yeah, let's yeah. just eat a lot of food and like yeah. hang out and like throw a football around or something yeah. like that. Like yeah, something he yeah. Really yeah. we got through his birthday because I think we like really overly prepared ourselves for yeah. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, then when our birthday came six days after his, 
I, I woke up in the morning and like there was no handwritten letter from my dad, which yeah. he gave me every year. And, and, and just little things like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and <clears throat> that just caught me so off guard. And, and that was like the hardest day mm-hmm. s- after, since after he passed was my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and where was I going with this? <laughs> why you started? Why why you knew? Why the documentary? Oh, why the documentary? <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Sometimes spirals. Yeah, and, and you and just like so, so basically, yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to feel that again. I said this was the this was like the hardest day ever, and I don't want to feel this mm-hmm. again. Now I'm only imagining if my birthday was this hard, how hard is the day that he mm-hmm. passed away going to be? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to do something to not only celebrate my dad, but something that he would be proud of me for doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I I figured. A combi- gift that we could give him. Yeah, and a gift yeah. that I can give him. Well, so just combining all of these these little things, I was like, I, I really want to make a documentary about the man he was. And it was ultimately something for us to just stay like extremely busy, like just yeah. creating the shot yeah. list, conducting like yeah. mm-hmm. 100 interviews that we yeah. did for so it. Long. It was just like I needed to have my mind racing that yeah. entire day yeah. so yeah. that I wouldn't just be sitting alone on, with my yeah. thoughts. On the one year mm-hmm. of his passing, we conducted, I think, 33 interviews around New Jersey, just driving I in a van with a bunch so of different emotional. people. And it just, I think that was the best way I could have dealt with getting through that day at the time was just staying mm-hmm. so busy and doing it mm-hmm. all for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that that played a big part in why I wanted to make the documentary. And then um, something just as important to me was just letting people know that they're not alone in their loss. Yeah, you right. Know, if they've you did that for too, people, people watching it. Yeah, people like me. Yeah. I, I said, you know, I, this yeah. whole this year was so confusing and, and I felt like I should have been sad, but I didn't feel anything. Yeah, and right. so I wanted to just tell people that Hey, if you're feeling like that, don't be guilty. Because yeah, there's right. like this huge, yeah. this feeling of guilt over yeah. me that was like, why don't I feel anything? I lost the person that meant the most to me. Um, that's empower him. And I just want that's, right. Yeah, that's, just want to that's it. Know. You were doing it not only for to honor your dad and uh, on this like anniversary and to include your family and interview his friends and students and everything, which is just such an unbelievable tribute. But you were, you had in mind somebody's going to watch this. And right. and say and then they'll put it in their back pocket. Yeah, because maybe they were maybe they shut it off halfway through too. If, like, this right. is just too if there was much, one thing, one exactly. thing out of the hour and a half or two hours, almost two hours, what however long it was, I think if there's one thing that they could have taken away, yeah, be right. Great, because yeah. I feel like I learned nothing that year about grief. Yeah, right. I just shut it all off. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to hear about it. And yeah, right. it's too much. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think too, you're allowing everybody who's watching that it is okay. And yeah. I yeah. can't help but think of my, my brother. My brother's now 32 and he has two young girls and they're so cute. Their names are Molly and Grace. They're three and one. And watching my brother be a dad, I mean, I see his mm-hmm. grief. Like I, I just see it in mm-hmm. his face and in, in his eyes. He misses his mom. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how to be there for my brother. Like my brother doesn't have yeah. these conversations. And I, and I know my brother would be an amazing men- mentor if he felt, mm-hmm. you know, if he felt up, mm-hmm. if, if, if it was there, if it was right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't help. I think for girls, there's, there's like, there's a certain way of looking at it. And then with, with boys, especially now watching my brother, he, he was best friends with my mom. I mean, yeah. he was 14. My mom was like, spent all of her time with us and I, f- I feel bad for him but like I don't even know what to say to my brother because mm-hmm. we don't talk about it and well, like you yeah in jo- I, I can't say it enough like this this job description yeah yeah that, um Glennon Doyle is a writer I don't know if you know who she is but Glennon Doyle is a um uh amazing writer she's married to Abby Wombach the soccer star and they made a twenty thousand dollar gift to us from their foundation mm-hmm. a little while ago and so I she did she said something um glennon said something about when you're a child and you go through this you know very sad thing 
that it's not that anyone is doing the wrong thing around you. And, and she said the same thing that I always say, like, I hold no ill will. I'm not here to say, like, everyone did it wrong. Right. Um, but I, but she says, but maybe sometimes people are in the wrong job description. And I feel mm-hmm. like that. Like, my dad's job was to just love me and had dinner on the table and not miss a soccer match or, or a tennis match or but he was in, he was grieving i couldn't i couldn't help him he lost his wife and mm-hmm. i didn't know how important it is to have a beautiful marriage and then lose mm-hmm. it you know and same thing for my brother and that's why i love a mentor is somebody that does that is in the right job description they can hold your grief and you know mm-hmm. and and there just feels like a little bit less pressure in that. Because mm-hmm. also when you, and this is why I think you guys are so unbelievably brave and I'm so grateful you did this and you cried on camera and, and boys saw that um, and girls. Mm-hmm. But you did something that when you talk to your mom, when you like are talking to your grandparents, like you're saying, you know, like my grief is not more shiny or more important than yours. I'm I'm the son who lost the dad, and you are acknowledging like your grandparents just lost their son, mm-hmm. and your mom lost her husband. And when you live in that, there's a quote. It's called the compassion tent. So if you can live in that tent, I this is my favorite quote at Empower Her. We try to put this out all the time. But in the compassion tent, my grief is not more shiny or more mm-hmm. important than yours. And in the tent. Hard things are just hard, but we can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Because that was something I learned too. Again, I wasn't a grief expert, never talked about my mother. But when I started to tell my story, um, you know, that I lost my mom to breast cancer, you know, to a terminal illness, I felt I learned that I was further isolating a young girl whose mom may have died by suicide or mm-hmm. substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And she felt like, well, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, I'm, I, I got to fix this. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. what I was mm-hmm. trying to say. We're all just in this together. Mm-hmm. Loss is loss is loss. And some people grieve right away. Some people don't grieve for five years. That's what the comedian was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fall on their knee, like just brings them to their knees in pain. That is what happened to me. I didn't mm-hmm. grieve for 10 years. I left the house, went to college, and literally woke up and was like, oh, my God, my mom died. Uh, <laughs> like, right. like, like, like that literally yeah. happened. Like you said <laughs> earlier, um, how you felt it would be harder for us to go through what we went through at 19 versus mm-hmm. you going through it at nine. And I see it the other way around. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, no yeah. grief is more. It's more not, right. Yes. Right. It's, it, it's also part of the things it's like things people say in grief, right? Like some people say really hurtful things and mm. they don't mean to. Yeah. And we all have to like give each other a free pass in that. Cause yeah. I'd still rather we all talk out openly and mm-hmm. maybe say the wrong thing than not say anything at all, mm-hmm. you Very know, true. but yeah, I think it's painful if someone were to compare their grief to mine. Yes. Like to me, it's hard to, to accept that, but then I have to take a, take a step back, remove mm-hmm. myself emotionally, which mm-hmm. is hard because it's like the most emotional thing that I've ever dealt with. Mm-hmm. But then to say they're going through something and they're, they're learning how to deal with it and they didn't mean mm-hmm. what they said. Yeah. Cause I, I've had people around me that have said, you know, compared the way they felt to the way I felt, and maybe that mm-hmm. they're feeling worse than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I don't believe that that either side is like true. No one's feeling no. worse. I think we're all just no. we're right. all going through something hard. Yeah. Right. And I have a I have a good friend, a good childhood friend, um, and he's really trying to help us. You know, start a program for boys whose dads died. Mm-hmm. He and I were in high school, um, and I was the only girl whose mom died. You know, so everyone knew who I was. Um, when we were in high school, his dad died, and 
I never looked him in the eye again. He was like my childhood friend. He was dating my best friend, but I very carefully managed to never talk to him again <laughs> because I just, it was too painful. Yeah. I felt so bad for him. I mm. was, I was like deep in sympathy. Like I, and I, and I was frozen. I didn't know how to help him. Mm. So we never talked and he spiraled and he went into some pretty, you know, went just down a really hard road, just missing his dad. Mm-hmm. And so he called me a couple of years ago and was like, I've been watching what you're doing and I, it's time for me to help you do this for boys because wow. that's what I needed and that would have changed the trajectory of my life. Because again, we grew up in similar towns, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Hartford and Boston and in Jersey where, you know, the towns were as supportive as they possibly could have mm-hmm. been. And so no, you know, not pointing anything out that people did wrong, but he, his story to me was he explained that, he was like me. He had an army of friends and family, amazing mom and amazing siblings and, and friends and teachers and everybody. And he had one of his best friend's father who really you know, wanted to take him under his wing and so grateful, like, don't stop that. You know, you want those men in, in town to come, mm-hmm. to keep showing up. But he did one of those things where it was like, well, you know, come on, you were older, you know, you got to be a man. And, you know, I think you just need to join the army. And he was saying it out of love, like, mm. come on, you're, you're, you're falling apart here. You know, you got to pick yourself up. Like that's often what you get with get guys. your shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Jeff explained to me that how painful that was mm. while that man was just trying to do his best because he was watching Jeff make poor decisions mm. and wanted to like fix it. But that, te- that teaches kids the wrong thing. That's the wrong message and grief that taught Jeff all right, fine, I guess I can, I guess I got to just stop moping around about this thing, you Mm -hmm. know? And then you never grieve, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think there's a quick fix for this, you know? I can't help but say that. I just feel like we've found a way to flip the switch on this in some small way. It's not a cure for cancer, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was just simply build community. So you're going to create another branch, Empower Him now? Yes. We don't know if what the name would be. I, I don't think it's Empower Him. Okay, yeah. okay. That's not the name, but feel free to give yeah. us suggestions. Yeah, we, I'll let you know if I have a dream about it. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Meditate Hopefully you on. will and email me the logo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just, I guess while I have you here right now, I would love to ask some questions that yeah. I'm just kind of curious about for my future. Yeah. Um, just because we can relate to each other. Yeah. So I, oftentimes I feel like when I meet a new friend, or, I mean, for example, I'm in a relationship right now, yeah. a long-term serious relationship, and I just like, can't help but feel like my dad has met my girlfriend. Do you feel like mm-hmm. that as well? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I feel like my, I feel like my mom kept pushing Shane and I together. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were young. We went, Shane and I went to high school together. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you who, who Shane is. <laughs> so we went to high school together. I had a crush on him like all throughout high school. We never dated though, really. And we were friends. And then he went to West Point and I went to Yukon. And, mm. you know, I was like in a sorority and like living on Block Island every summer, like living my best life. Um, and he was like never really home. And, um, and so there was this um, one summer party that we were in college and um, we were both at. And I feel like we were both, at that like my mother made me go to that party that night and I and Shane and I you know saw each other and we were like wow it's been a while you know like you could <laughs> like it was that kind of thing yeah. like he yeah. goes off to West Point and he's like huge yeah. and I'm like well like Shane um and so I like 
I like immediately like fell in love with him like right then and there. But I wanted to be in college and do my thing. And he was busy and like jumping out of helicopters and God knows where. And so we and I I didn't want to get married. Mm -hmm. I I, I really was like I was going to be a career woman. I wanted to be a mom, but I didn't want to be married at like 25 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to like live my life and. Um, and so I just kept saying like, no, I don't want to be together right now. It's not, it's not right. If it's right, we'll meet up again later in, in our lives. So we broke up and he was supposed to go to um, Germany for five years and I was going to go to graduate school in Boston and with, live with my sorority sisters. And literally it was like one night I like, I don't even know where it came from. I called him and I said, don't go to Germany. If you go, you'll meet somebody else. And if I go to Boston, I'll, I'll meet somebody else. And, um, and he said, I know you worked really hard at West Point to like get this good, you know, this European experience <laughs> and like be posting in Germany. Um, and he like didn't even miss a beat. He goes, no, it's okay. I'll give it away. I got somebody who wants to go to Germany. I'll go to Texas. Come to Texas with me. So we literally like, I like packed a U-Haul and moved to Texas and we weren't even engaged or anything. And, and, and still, I got to Texas, and I was outside of my comfort zone, and I again grieved my mom. So this is another thing that you can mm. expect. I don't mm. want to scare you. <laughs> but I transitioned times is when I was like brought to my knees. When mm. I went to, as a freshman in college, I was like, oh, my God, my mom died. And then, but I you know, survived that. And then I moved to Texas to be with Shane, who I don't even know if we're really going to get married. And what the hell did I just do? And mm -hmm. ask him to like, why are we here? Mm -hmm. um, but he loves me so much. And he's such a good person. And and we have so much fun together. And we don't totally have to get married. But I don't want to get married. And so I literally, I started having like panic attacks and found my way to a therapist who looked like Mother Goose. She was like, had this like <laughs> gray hair back in a bun. She was like so cute and round. And she... Um, on that first visit, I said, I'm having all this anxiety because I don't know if I should get married and I don't think I should live here. And she goes, no, that's you missing your mom. The next time you feel this way, I want you to talk to your mom and say, I miss you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, she's crazy. Like, that's not it. I don't know if I should get married. That's yeah. the problem. Um, and she was a thousand percent right. I was grieving my mom as a 23-year-old I w missed her and mm -hmm. I wanted her to tell me if I should, what I should do. And other girls all had cushy landings. You know, they, mm -hmm. my friends, if they were going through what I was going through, like marriage and jobs and, you know, they just like go move back home in with mom, with, with their mom and, and they figure it out together. And I didn't have that. And, um, so that took a lot for me to like ask for help, but that's really when I started like asking and everyone said, Mary Shane, <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I swear we got married and my mom was there. And, and I'll also say, you know, Shane didn't lose a parent, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Shane couldn't relate to my loss. So where Shane is my person and like my soulmate and we did everything together and could talk about everything, I never talked to him about my mother. And so that felt like this, like, felt dishonest too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and it's an interesting thing. Again, very out of sequence, my mother died. Shane, thankfully, had a very blessed life. All of a sudden, we're married now, and it's 9-11, and Shane goes to war, goes mm. to Iraq for a year. And again, I'm missing my mom, because that's a time you need your mom. Mm. Um, 
and I'm convinced he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Absolutely convinced. Mm-hmm. And all my friends around me who were all these army wives and we're all like moving in together and we're like living together in Texas while the guys are in Iraq, um, they didn't think that the guys would die. They were like, Carrick, come on, the guys are going to be fine. Yes, it stinks. They're going to be, you know, it's going to be a year long process, but they'll be fine. And I'm like, no, they're all going to die. Like, I just in my brain only saw that happening to my to me again. Yeah, like, right. Right. Death became like yes. not right. foreign to you anymore. Right. Yeah. Like the paranoia right. that yep. left. I remember like yep. when I was younger, like I'd see someone get cancer, and it was just like they would get bald and then pass away. Yes. And like yeah. that's not at all what happened. Yeah. And like. The truth yeah. behind cancer was revealed to me in front of my face. I witnessed every second of the, yeah. every stage mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it was a lot more gruesome. And it's more, horrific. And horrific than mm-hmm. I thought it would be. So then death became like real mm-hmm. to me as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would start to think that maybe I'm going to die. Yes. And mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely know where you're coming like from. Like sense of that. shortened life. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I heard I that term yeah. once. Yeah. But yeah, as far as relationship, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get like these little reassuring moments. I remember I was just looking at my dad's Instagram recently, and his last post ever, um, before I started dating my girlfriend, we knew each other for three years, and we met in Australia, and Grace and I were directing this music video for an Australian band, Yeah. and we needed um, an actress, and we're like, mm, is there anyone that's Australian, so it would be like more like true to the role, and we knew her, we met her in Australia, and she wanted to be an actress, and... We thought she was talented, and so we we asked her, and like I kind of like liked her a little bit um, when I first met her, and I was like, "Is it weird that I'm like asking her to be in this music video because I kind of liked her?" And like I don't know, she's yeah. in my head about it. Um, but then she was like very down to do it, and we were in this music video together, and we played love interests, and it was just like really yeah. random that it happened like that. Mm-hmm. But when we, we we posted the music video, my dad screenshotted like the intro of it and put it yeah. on his Instagram, and it was a frame of me and yeah christina together yeah. and he had never met her before but yeah. like that's but his last instagram her. post yeah. so yeah that's just like reassuring that he knew she was yeah um yeah yeah and then another th- thing that i kind of wonder i guess i i just have like a personal memory where i mean i personally really really want to be a father as yeah. is grayson and like that's mm-hmm. a huge mm-hmm. goal of ours is to be mm-hmm. family guys like like my dad was yeah um but i i remember i was in the car with my dad and i was driving him to treatment one time and it was when things were kind of getting bad for him. Fuck, it's like so hard to say without like getting emotional. Yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try, but like I, it was like getting really real, and he was just like, like I, I'm gonna be a grandfather. You know that, right? And I was like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's so hard. That is. Uh, uh, fuck. I didn't expect. <laughs> that. Yeah. Right. No, we, but, uh, we get it. And he's like, um, he's like. Like, I'm going to meet your kids, so just don't you fucking worry about that, right? Like, that's yeah. an yeah. aggressive yeah. New Jersey guy, so yeah. that's how yeah. he spoke. Um, and, like, I really believed them. And uh, so, yeah, I guess I have, like, a fear of, like, not, yeah. like, a fear of having kids, but, yeah. like, mm-hmm. just that, like, when I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to fear. Yeah, like, I know that he'll be there and, and stuff, but, like, I feel like I, there, there'll be moments where I'm looking for it because I know exactly what he's going to say in every situation. Yeah. Like, I don't have to, like, question who he is. Like, I know exactly how he'd react yeah. to everything I do. But it's more so like I just want to see his reaction. I know. But that's I like know. the little thing. He would love it. Mm-hmm. He would. I feel like that. That's what. That's what cancer does. Is they, mm-hmm. you know, take people like kicking and screaming. Yeah. And. Uh, so I couldn't wait to become a mom. Mm-hmm. And I wanted. To, I knew I would be the kind of mom my mom was. Um, and so it's funny actually when I was pregnant. Um, we, we knew we were having a boy and I knew I wanted to name my first child after my mom, but, but her name was Kit Murphy, Kathleen Murphy. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and we were living in Chicago and I thought we would live in Chicago forever when he was born. And so we were like, um, let's name him Murphy. Um, but as long as we stay here in Chicago, if we move home to Boston, there's like, everyone's Murph, you know, like we can't yeah. do that to him. Like everyone's yeah. like, it's like Murphy dry cleaning, Murphy, <laughs> like Murphy's yeah. pub. And, um, so, but we named him Murphy and it was like, I fell in love with him immediately. And like some parents are like, oh, it took me a while to like bond with my child. I'm like, what? I hear like, about that. Yeah. I it fell head over heels in love with Murphy. And it was such a beautiful way. And I'm not saying you have to like name your child after your father, but I there, probably will. There was, yeah, you will. <laughs> he called it. Already. <laughs> well, he totally will. It's not strong. Sit for yeah, a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, if I was having a girl, she would have been Kit. But yeah. I, so I, we get Murphy, and it's so great because. I'm Italian and, and uh, Irish, but so Murphy Same. looks like, so yeah, it's yeah. for Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he is such a Murph and it's such a beautiful way to honor her. And, and now he's 13 years old and he's this beautiful human being and he's a good person. And you know, that's, that's Kit mm -hmm. in my head. I'm just like, that's my mom. Yeah. And, and she didn't miss it. I mean, she, yeah, because how else can you, it's the saddest thing in the history of sad. Your father would have been an incredible grandfather. Yeah. He deserved it. He should have been. He will, but he'll watch it. Yeah. Um, and I, I do feel like deep down, I'll, I'll feel the same way that I do about my girlfriend. Like I feel like he had mm -hmm. met them before. They yeah. know each other. And, yeah. Anne Marie, I, 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 what you said about your brother, and now he has two daughters, and you feel yeah. like, like grief is like coming back up for him, and he's mm -hmm. really experiencing it head on. I. I can relate to that because for for a while after I lost my dad, like I have an amazing family and they're they're all very loving and we're we're extremely close. You know, I can't say that I was like much closer to my dad than I am to my mom. I think we're all like on the same level, like we all connected on the same level. But there's just something that I I don't have that dynamic in my life anymore, the father son mm -hmm. experience, like mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. Like I I can't hug my dad or mm -hmm. ask my dad a question here his voice responds to me even though i like would i, I know what he would say i know yeah, him for mm -hmm. so long that like you just want to see the reaction yeah you yeah. want to see that reaction and stuff like that and i i feel like the only way that i would get that back and for a while i was struggling with trying not to rush this for myself was like to have a son and to be a father mm -hmm. to him just mm -hmm. the way my father was to me and i feel like when that does happen that when the day comes like i feel like i'm mm -hmm it would be unrealistic for me to say that I'm not going to be confronted with grief again. And, yeah. and, and, and so, you know, your, your brother, like he, the last relationship with, that he had with, you know, child and, and parent, mm -hmm. you know, your mother and, and him, now he's having that with his daughters and he probably sees a lot of her in them. Mm -hmm. And, and also, and I just, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine how, mm -hmm. how deep that must make you go. And, and mm -hmm. Well, and I think it has really forced Charlie to grieve, um, yeah. which is hard because I think it's something that it was easier to sweep under the rug for a while. And it's just undeniable. I mean, Molly and Grace literally have pieces of my mom. It's, yeah. it's almost eerie. Mm -hmm. Even when Molly was they a look. baby, they, they look like her. They say certain things because my, my brother um, and my sister-in-law is amazing and, and teach the girls about Nana and heaven. Mm -hmm. And so even when Molly was a really young baby, she was um, 
she would be in her little crib and she used to point in the corner of the room. And Megan, my sister-in-law, used to think it was really weird. And then the nanny started saying it. They're like, what is she pointing to oh. in the corner of a room? And I mean, I like to believe that she's yeah. pointing at a spirit. And then the um, yeah. the grandmother said the, said the same thing. Um, Megan's mom said the same thing. Like, what is Molly pointing to? And I, I really believe that, you know, it's it's my mom. I think coming through for sure. I'm so happy for Charlie to be a dad because I think that it's, it it probably is the greatest gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me personally, it's been something that I, that I kind of shove under the rug a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in a relationship for a long time in my twenties living in Boston. And I was telling you guys earlier, like I just knew that there was something more for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I can't wait for that day when that comes to be a mom. I, I know that I'll be a mom. Mm-hmm. I, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of time, but it was like, I had to fill something for me personally. And there is some guilt involved in a little bit of like shortened sense of life syndrome mm-hmm. of that. My mom only had 42 years on this mm-hmm. earth. Like I have to live in her honor. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't stay settled. I can't stay in my comfort zone. And I can't I, relax for a second. Yeah, yeah. same. Not a second yeah. of the day. Yeah. Same, because I, I know how it could end. And I, I had my whole life set up for me in Boston. I mean, my my ex-boyfriend, Alex, was wonder, a wonderful human being. Um, my friends, my family, everything w- was ready to go. And, you know, I, I booked this one-way ticket to L.A. and, and never been here before, but just had to do it. And mm-hmm. I do think that there was some grief involved in that decision. It was the best decision I ever made. But I do think that there was grief involved in it yeah. because I know how this, you know, how what life could be. and that I do want to live life to the fullest and obviously empower her was a huge driving factor with this that I I know that there's other girls in this country that are that are grieving the same way and the only way we're going to get there is if we're boots on the ground if we land there and just do it and I think talking about hard things like that right yeah right for sure and but I, I'm, I'm proud of my like that was my brother's route you know my my brother mm-hmm. moved out moved out outside of boston and has a wonderful family and life is amazing for him and you know this is this is my route and um you know i'm excited to see what happens but you this know, living, is a, it's yeah. another thing too i'll say it, i can just speak on behalf of some girls of grief that grow up to say well i don't i i, I can't imagine having children i just don't want my mom to miss that, miss out on that. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. want kids or I don't want kids because I just don't want to, I don't want to do that without my mom. Mm-hmm. And, and my answer is always, no, do it. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't let your loss and grief stop you from living. That's, that's what she wanted. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. I know that because I'm a parent and I have that perspective. When I started empower her, I thought I'm doing this just as much for these girls as I am for their moms, mm-hmm. because I know if God forbid I had to leave this earth. I need to know Murphy and Ava are okay. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I, pr- I want to prepare you for this again to say like, hear it and sit in it because it's the truth. I, I don't want to sugarcoat this. When you do become a parent and you've lost your parent to cancer, I couldn't believe how much I loved my children. And I then regrieved again. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on my knees again feeling so bad for my mom because she did know she was dying and she would say goodbye to mm-hmm. us nine-year-old girl and a 13-year-old son. And the, I just felt so bad for her. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you mentally have to prepare yourself for that, that like, yeah. that, that is what, you know, a gift of grief is empathy. Mm-hmm. And why we have empathy is because I know you feel bad for your dad. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no changing this, right? Yeah. So like, how do you physically still live your life, live a beautiful life 
and and don't skimp out on any of those things but but also maybe prepare yourself for what will happen emotionally inside when you become a parent and realize how much you love this child you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, uh, that was your mom and mm-hmm. dad's experience that is a that's something i would never really thought about is like what what yeah, might now I feel I gave after? You that to no, no, that's, <laughs> it's good. I think. I think being blindsided by emotions and stuff that are inevitably going to come up, like, yes. is, is mm-hmm. I mean, that's. The I would worst rather. Part I would yes. rather be prepared for it. Yep. Um, and this is something I hadn't thought about. Was like, what? How am I going to feel after I have a kid? And and I, I guess I've thought about like, how am I going to teach my kid? You know, where's where's grandfather is and his his grandmother's mm-hmm. there, and may, you know, hopefully, you know, whoever mm-hmm. I meet has both of their parents, and how am I going to tell them you know that yeah mm-hmm. you have to teach them what heaven is and everything from such a young age but yeah i and you i don't dread that. that by any means but i i just yeah i think about that from time to time um but i it really resonated with me when you said that you feel like you're living like a thousand miles per hour just trying to cram mm-hmm. it all in because you have like short life syndrome where mm-hmm. 100%. Like, I, 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 I do like, i, I i'm taking it. like in a good way i'm taking yeah, like 95 online yeah. courses like yeah <laughs> Trying yes. to learn Spanish, trying to yes. learn like how to. Oh, of course. Like I'm learning about like canine psychology, like how my dog thinks. Absolutely. Like, I'm like yeah. I need to know yeah. everything. Yeah. Like my dad knew everything. Right. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. And, and he and he only had until fifty, and he yeah. I feel like he knew everything, so I need to be there. And yes. like, what yeah. What do I only have until fifty? And so, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess I. And it comes with everything too, like my career. I'm like, what's next? Yes. What's next? What's next? Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't sit. Yeah. I can't yeah. sit and really take time for myself, yeah. and I'm not good at that, but. I think that has a major contribution as, as losing losing him does. You know? So some of that is a mistake. I'll, I'm just gonna. I'm I'm the oldest one in the room. So <laughs> yeah, I let us know. <laughs> okay, so I did the same thing yeah. because I just assumed I would. My life would follow that same fate. I'd be 35 years old, get diagnosed with breast cancer, and then die at 37. Mm. That is that no one could have convinced me otherwise. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. just again. My husband goes to Iraq. I'm like, well, he's never coming home. Yeah. And that's a mistake. You can't go about your life like that. But so when I was your age, I was living two lives. I was living my mom's legacy, which is a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. My brother and I always still say that. We're like, we're living mom's legacy. Yeah. And there are little things that, you know, I, I just, I don't, I, multitasker is not a compliment to me yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. But like I thought it was. Yeah. And so... And so in some ways, I think people around you are like, oh, God, you know, he's just so busy and he's just he's just trying to avoid his grief. I didn't appreciate that sentiment. Then ask me if you think I'm busy, just keeping myself busy because I'm sad and missing my mom. Then ask me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm actually just trying to go to grad school because I love education. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm doing all this travel because I like to travel. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm keeping busy because I like to be busy. Like. That's what I didn't want for girls. I, I wanted that to stop, mm-hmm. where you all get to tell my story. I tell. I should have been able to tell my story. So sure, maybe part of your yeah, I think busyness part of it is. I think like is like, like yeah. I try to say busy until I'm like tired, and that's yeah. because yeah. I think I don't want to lay in my bed and think about yeah. I mean, for same. an hour. But I think mm-hmm. that the, I, I want to do a lot with my career, and I've always been that way. I've always yeah. trying to yeah. push the boundary, do things at a younger age than I thought I could, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and things clearly. like that. So <laughs> I think that that. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting confused and maybe there's some blurred lines in that. But I yeah. think that, yeah, as far as like learning information and new things and stuff like that, I feel like I'm taking on a lot to stay busy. And also because I feel like I'm on a short time. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I haven't thought about me living over 50. I'm like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's not possible. Right. You know what I mean? Just, the right only man, the man that I looked up to, the man that I aspired to be like, didn't live beyond 50. Mm-hmm. And You should start yeah. thinking about 
maybe you would get this gift of being 80. Yeah. Mm. A lot of people live to be 80. Yeah. You know, like that's what we have to retrain our brains to, and therapy helped me to do that too. Um, But bad things happen, but that doesn't mean history repeats itself kind Mm -hmm. of a thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sit in it and like, like digest that, like think about that. It's Mm -hmm. hard and sad to think about that, but think about you living to be 90 and that's a long life. Mm -hmm. You know, people always, you grow up and you hear like, oh, it's such a short life. Well, it can be a really long life. Yeah. So you better make it good. You better like be with someone who makes you happy, Mm -hmm. you know, do a job that you love because yeah. you hope that it's a super long life yeah. and not, and it's not your father's experience, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think sometimes that because I do want to have this long life and I do want to manifest all of these beautiful things happening, I almost like feel the need to stay even more busy because it is such a beautiful life. And even though this terrible thing happened to our parents, like all of our parents loved life right. and they yeah. were, they were givers and it, and it, it like inspires me in a way, but it also, I mean, you know, to be vulnerable, like I think I can stay busy a lot and I, I try to stay busy because there are those times you do have to sit in these emotions, especially with what we're doing in Empower. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, it's fundraising, it's storytelling, it's spreading awareness, it's girls, it's families, it's everything. And you know, you get so painful. focused on that. Yeah. It's, it's painful <laughs> that like when it is time for downtime and you just have to like sit and sit in that grief and sit in that emotions of like wait what am I doing that that yeah. always happens after Mother's Day and my mom passed on May 29th so like those two weeks is just it's just mm-hmm. a lot and well, it's like and Anne Marie, yeah. and Anne Marie was a volunteer for such a long time for years I was so grateful to be meeting young women of her generation I was an, I was sad to to meet you the very first time I met you and I loved you immediately I was like oh this is my girl like mm-hmm. we're gonna you know we're gonna do this together but I was so sad to learn that even at her age, she had the same experience as me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, why didn't this get fixed? Yeah. Um, but that's why you were so passionate about it. So one of the volunteer roles that Anne Marie had, in addition to being Molly's mentor, was managing the Mother's Day retreat. So mm-hmm. that's all volunteer driven. So we don't have staff that do that. Mm-hmm. It's incredible women like Anne Marie and this whole committee of 10 amazing motherless daughters, um, you know, who are my age and her age. And they work for six months to plan this amazing mm-hmm. hotel stay. Mm-hmm. But this is the tricky thing. We kind of power through it, you know, for those six months. Like, yeah, you know, it's all about the logistics of the event. You know, shooting the documentary. Like, it's just stay, like, yeah. stay there. Mm-hmm. And then the girls go home on Mother's Day. You know, their families pick them up at noon. And then it's like me and Anne-Marie and these, you know, 10 women. and And we're like... Oh my God. I mean, we just looked at a hundred girls like us that we're sitting in the same room with. We know how painful it is to be them, Mm -hmm. but we've got smiles on our face and we're, you know, we're not denying any, we're not pretending their mother didn't die, but we're trying to still show hope and optimism. Mm -hmm. Right. But you have to remember that we are still in pain. Pain does last uh, this long. Um, and so that Sunday, it's always like, oh my God, you're frozen. You're like, okay, I don't know. I gotta like go for a run. I gotta like go shop for something Mm -hmm. stupid or Mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta like go take a nap or go to the ocean and go sit at the beach Mm -hmm. by myself. Or I gotta listen to a good podcast right now or a sad movie. It's just, you are 
jumping out of your skin Mm -hmm. because it is right there in front of you grief you know Mm -hmm. it's and you take that on it's like your shoulders hurt and but you got to do it you know right to make a dent in this right you know yeah so with with mother's day coming up this weekend um it's going to be a really tough time for people who've lost their mothers unfortunately um so I understand what you guys do with Empower Her and mm-hmm. and um, make an eventful, positive day for, for people who've lost their mothers. But for people who are maybe late to signing up, late to enrolling, yeah. and, and don't exactly know what to do on Mother's Day if they've lost their mother, what, I guess what are some words of encouragement or advice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, first they can still sign up. So, um, okay. But, you know, here's what... And how can they sign up? Okay. It's yeah. just simple. It's free and easy. Awesome. It's at empoweringher.org. Okay. So girls of any age, it's actually for girls through age 24 oh, okay. because that's technically children's bereavement is through age 24. Gotcha. Um, and so the girls, we want girls to come to this retreat so they can, you know, look around the room and realize they're not alone in their grief, that there's a 12 year old in Kansas. There's a 17 year old in Miami, Florida, you know, we're all just powering through too, mm-hmm. all living these normal lives um, on Mars maybe <laughs> for a minute. Um, but that was always really the goal of this retreat. So hundreds of girls do come to this retreat just in a virtual space because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally, we want girls who are listening um, even after Mother's Day, because we know this is not just ends it with Mother's Day. Um, we would love to match them with a mentor and they're just our... Uh, so many amazing women like Anne Marie who are part of the mentor program who can be matched with a girl even across state lines. So we do them as virtual matches. Um, and again, that's, you know, for a girl of any age, but, you know, think about how hard that is for a high school girl mm. to say like, I want a mentor, I need a mentor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're first trying to set this message like, it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're weak. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean your dad's doing a bad job. It doesn't mean that you're grieving wrong. We just want to sort of like play a game of connect the dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just want you to meet somebody. I think asking for help is a, is a true sign of strength. I think that it would be like, it would take a lot out of me to, mm-hmm. to sit down mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'm going to ask for help right now. Yeah. Or, and especially when it first happened. Um, but I mean, forever, like I, I still am, I'm hesitant to reach out to people for help. So I yeah, think it's, it's really strong and really right. brave. I, I, I'm not sure why. Yeah. Maybe it's because I don't want to dig up those those problems. But by doing that, I'm just kicking the can further down the road. It's going to come up eventually. So... I think asking for help is, is one of the most mm-hmm. true signs of strength. That's great. Because I grew up at a time when that really wasn't. Yeah. So I know. Same. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like, big girls don't cry. Yeah. Time to move on mm-hmm. and just keep going and like yeah. be a star field hockey yeah. player and yeah. like hope for the best. Get yeah. straight A's and nobody will bother you too much. Right. And it, yeah. I, I think the asking for help, like, and it really wasn't until more lately now of like, being vulnerable and you can be resilient and be vulnerable mm. and ask for help and you can be all of those things yeah. and and that's all okay and mm. i think like there is no right way to do any of this mm-hmm. but the best the best thing is to know that you're never alone in these situations and um i mean for mm. our events for the girls and mother's day retreat is it's it was amazing to get mm. to share that the past few years because that was just our it's our signature event and it's our way of saying that you know take take what you want and leave the rest like yeah. come know that you're you're not going to be alone on this hard yeah. holiday mother's day is just 
always that reminder and it's mm-hmm. the it's the weeks leading up to it yeah and now i mean working at empower her i get excited for mother's day because yeah, we ha- we're doing these like incredible i think we told you guys earlier these incredible luminaria displays where we're honoring loved ones um with their names on these bags and it is so magical it's and it's it's truly a celebration of yeah. life and it is a fundraising event. We sell $25 a bag mm-hmm. um, and it's it's displayed beautifully. 100% of the proceeds benefit Empower Her. So um, we started with one last year in Situate, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, where, where Kara's from, where Empower Her was founded. And now we're recreating that in 10 cities. We've yeah. just knocked off three. We still have seven left to go. So I'm traveling this mm-hmm. weekend, which is exciting and getting mm-hmm. to like spread this this joy yeah. around Mother's Day. Yeah. So I Come mean, out to Calabasas tonight. To I see know that luminaria. Oh my goodness! Or DC this be... weekend on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial oh, and nice. Ju- in Jupiter. Yeah. We just did um, Oracle Park um, on Monday up in San Francisco. It was gorgeous, and then um, Jupiter, Florida. We're gonna mm-hmm. na- we're gonna honor. I mean, hundreds of of loved ones' names mm-hmm. in memory of and in honor of and. We always have a moment like that now that we've done this a couple of times of like going to find our mom's bag yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like remembering why you started, like remembering why you're here. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's really special. So, I mean, for Mother's Day, like overall, it, it's it's whatever. There's no wrong answer. You mm-hmm. know, there's never it's just how you feel is how you feel. And that's OK if it's upsetting and sad, if you're busy, mm-hmm. if you're whatever, if maybe you're spending it with your grandmother. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's no there's no rule book. And I mm-hmm. think that makes this easier and having self-compassion, all of your emotions mm-hmm. are accepted. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I won't think about Mother's Day just because of what we're doing with Luminaria until like a week later <laughs> or a few yeah. days after. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. And um Thank you guys so much for this really helpful conversation. Oh my God. Thank you. You guys yeah. are amazing. Thank you so you much are. for coming on. Kara, happy Mother's Day to you. I thank know. you. Yes, Mother's and Mother's Day. Day. Happy, happy Mother's Day to both of your amazing mothers. Thank you. Oh, thank Thanks you for saying that. So much. I appreciate you saying that. That's it's beautiful. And and your dad would be so proud. Thank you. I hope you feel my sincerity when I say that. I, do. I definitely do. Thank I do. you guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.